guys, how's it going? Welcome back to another episode of the SoCal Watch Reviews Podcast. My name is Miguel. This is episode 85. If you made it this far in our journey, thank you so much. Uh, we are dedicated. We're passionate. We, we love what we do. We love our audience. We love our, our guests. And uh, no exception, you know, today we, we, brought, another, we brought another guest. So I'll, I'll let uh, P. Ross do his thing. But uh, P. Ross, good morning. How's it going? Yo, what's going on, man? How is everyone doing this morning? SoCal Watch Reviews Podcast is in the building. Let's get it. That's right, man. That's right. How was your uh, Saturday? Uh, it was okay. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Went out with some friends. You know what I'm saying? I didn't do oh. no drinking. Oh. You know, so okay. uh, it was kind of a... Yeah, yeah. Very surprising. Me and my wife was having a conversation and we decided that maybe I've been drinking a little bit too much. She made so, me right. You know, I am laying off of the alcohol for a while. You know okay. What I mean? so, okay. So. All right, man. Well, I don't want to leave uh, our our guests waiting. This guy is super special in so many different. Oh uh, hell yeah! I mean, he, he's yeah. been he's been a part of our group uh, for for a minute now, and and you sure. know, he I actually asked him how he found our podcast, and he said it was through one of my videos, my SPB one four three review, which is one of my most my best performing uh, videos on my youtube channel and it was cool that through there he found our our podcast connected became friends and he's done some things f- uh, for us and we'll talk about it but uh yeah do, right. do the intro p for sure coming straight out of cali mm-hmm. for southern now. california you understand what i'm saying this guy does amazing freaking work oh yeah you know what i'm saying with, with these leather straps they That's are an top, understatement. top top notch you know, I'm probably some of the best in the game. Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm gonna definitely keep it 100. Yeah, you know what I mean. Sure. I'm, I'm gonna keep that same energy. Oh. All right, we got Andrew from King Leather Crab in the building. Uh! wow, it's it's wild watching the podcast yeah. and then getting getting my own intro. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> it's kind of surreal. I feel like I'm in a simulation. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Maybe you are. Maybe we all are. <laughs> Maybe. How's it going, buddy? Oh, you know, it's going well. Um, Sundays are kind of my me days. uh, Oh, nice. And and so it's, it's nice to kind of take a step back from the workshop for a minute and, um, you know, spend time with my family later. Always love Sundays. That's cool. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, and and, uh, you're in California, so thank you so much for waking up so early and and doing this podcast at seven in the morning. Uh, But we, we, well, I do it on purpose at seven o'clock in the morning, even though I'm super tired because it's nice and quiet. Cause once my son gets up, I mean, he'll be coming in and out of the closet making noise and then he's just too much. So you have a little one. Um, I'm assuming the family's still sleeping or are they awake? No, actually they, yeah, so we typically put my daughter to bed a bit early, uh, oh. around that seven thirty mark at oh, night. Oh, that's early. Okay, uh, but you know, I'm I'm up early for work anyway, so this is this is nothing new for me. Okay, got it. Well, thank you so much. But uh, yeah, hopefully, uh, doing it early enough, it gives you enough uh, time to spend with your family for the rest of the day, and 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 you can enjoy it, man. But uh, before we does. get into uh, talking about leather and all kinds of things. Uh, why don't you let the, our, our audience know who you are and what got you into watches? Yeah, so I'm King Leathercraft, or, or I guess you can call me Andrew King by my name. Um, I make leather straps. I sometimes make wallets if, if a customer requests it, but 
Okay. My my primary focus are leather watch straps, bespoke leather watch straps. Um, so I do everything fully customized, um, right down to whether you want the spring bar curved or not, or if you um, how how you want uh, what color you want your edge paint, what color stitching, what style of stitching. I do it all. Uh, my start my straps start at one hundred and twenty dollars, and I think we'll mm-hmm. talk about price That's later. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they take about four to five hours to craft. They're crafted entirely by hand. The only electronics I use uh, is an edge creaser, which you can see right here. This is actually for the uh, for the hole of the strap itself, so I can kind of clean up like so. Um, but that's the only electronic I use. Everything else is done by hand. I have, uh, you know, um, I have a, you know, sorry, brain burp here. I use, you know, blades to cut everything uh, nice. aside from my, my clicker press here. Uh, but again, no electronics other than, other than that edge creaser. Um, four to five hours to make. It's, it's a lot of work, but I, I love what I do. It's awesome. Um, I think it's very rewarding to, to get that email or, or that message from a customer to say, like, this is, this is mind-blowing work. That's cool, it's, it's quite a feeling. And what got you into watches? So I, it's funny, I got into watches sort of through leather, but I sort of got into leather through watches. Uh, so I used to wear Casios as a kid. I, my, my mother had bought me a Casio long ago. I, I couldn't tell you what reference number. I, I do have a photo of myself from when I was like seven years old in a school portrait wearing my Casio doing the, you know, the school cool. picture look. Uh <laughs> And I, I, I wore those for some time. And then I kind of fell out of watches for many years until the Apple Watch, funny enough. Uh, mm. And so I, I wore Apple Watches for, for a time. But the leather straps were, uh, you know, they were kind of priced out for me. So I wanted, I wanted a nice leather strap for myself. But at the same time, I also wanted to make uh, a really nice wallet. If you've looked at Hermes wallets or Louis Vuitton wallets, in some cases, we're talking thousands of dollars for a yeah. wallet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. So I thought, uh, you know, um, you know, how 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 could I achieve something similar, but you know, not spend so much and not buy like a knockoff or something. Um, and at the same time that that was going on, I was also looking for a new hobby because I, I felt sort of burned out at work, and I just wanted to do something with my hands. I didn't know what I wanted to do yet. I thought about woodworking um, and, you know, and I thought about, Hey, why don't I just, you know, do leather goods. And this was about, you know, sometime in 2018, I'd say uh, that all this was going on in my head. Um, And so, you know, I thought, you know, I can make my watch straps, I can make uh, a wallet for myself and then we'll call it a day and it should be cheaper than woodworking. Right. Right. And, uh, I, it wasn't, (laughs) Mm. (laughs) it really wasn't. Oh boy. But you know, so all of this sort of culminated into what I do now, there was never a goal of making a business. I just wanted to make a really good product for myself and for my friends. Um, it was actually one of my friends that recommended to me, Hey, you should start selling these. And uh, gosh, I wish you could see these, these, early versions. They're put away in storage somewhere. I don't really throw anything away. I did throw away my very, very first project because it was, it was just terrible. an absolute mess. <laughs> yeah. 
it was mm-hmm. barely put together. Um, but yeah, so they, they recommended, Hey, you should start selling them. And, uh, from that point on, I actually spent about another year, uh, sort of perfecting things because I, everyone is their own worst critic and, uh, right. they were just never good enough for me. And I knew if I were to sell one of my straps, I, I didn't ever want the, I'm, I'm terrified of criticism as I think anybody is, but I, I really didn't want anyone to feel like they had wasted their money. Mm-hmm. I wanted every, every customer that received a strap to say, okay, this price makes sense because it's a lot of money. You can go on Amazon and buy a strap for five bucks. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. So no, a year, we'll a year. Go ahead. I was going to say, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely get into prices and your opinion on different straps and stuff like that. But, uh, Hmm. but uh what what was that uh first watch for you then that did it that 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 first i guess yeah enthusiast watch that got you into the hobby yeah so i i you know at, at the period when i was making watch straps for my apple watch i i felt that the strap itself was a bit bulky so it's like mm-hmm. why don't i just get an a, a real watch real um <laughs> yeah I, I think a real watch is any watch that tells time, but you know, right. an enthusiast watch, right? Something, something right. more, uh, more premium, I guess. Uh, and so I found the Seiko S and K eight zero seven. That's the, I think it's a Seiko five, right? Yeah. 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 Type with B the, Flieger. with the blue dial. Yeah. Type B Flieger. I got that one. Yeah. Class. Yes. Love classic. the type B's as well. Yeah. Nice. That's awesome. <sighs> yeah. That's so, great, man. So, getting started making straps what is like can you break down like some of the processes of that and the difference between a good and a bad leather strap sure so the process of getting started um well for for me i think it's gonna be different for everybody but i I didn't uh you know I, i didn't work with with uh with anyone under you know, any sort of teacher or anything. I just learned everything online. And I, I think that's a great way to really learn anything. Was it YouTube uh, or just Google? Yeah. Or? Th- oh. Yeah. Through, well, kind of both. So there's, there's like, uh, there's some older forums that, that are out there, but a lot of that stuff's now moved to Reddit and YouTube. Um, what's funny is that leather crafting is at least among the, the old heads, a lot of the, a lot of the secrets are yep. kept very close to the chest uh, because realistically, I think anybody can make a good leather product given enough time and enough practice. And so I think a lot of people are hesitant to put, put their, their secrets out there. You can actually go to my website. And I, I have uh, photos and a whole sort of step-by-step walkthrough of, of how I make my straps, but you're, you'll need some basic tools. You can honestly get started with an exacto knife and uh, a few needles. And that's technically all you need, right? To cut the leather and to stitch and, you know, in some thread. But to make a high quality leather product, it's going to take a bit more time. It's going to take a bit more effort, but also there will take some specialized tools. So there once you start getting into the upper echelon and I'm still not at that peak yet, it, it gets much more expensive from here. Hmm. Um, but you, you will find yourself in, investing more and, and 
just naturally taking, I guess, more time to, to hand finish your product. So your next question was, how do you tell the difference between a good strap and a bad strap? That's tricky. I think, I think you can have a good affordable product. Um, so I, I wouldn't say that price is a good indicator. I wouldn't even say that um, brand name is an indicator. I've seen straps from, well, I, I won't say who. Uh, well, let's say, let's say I own a watch publication and I also make deals with other watch companies. And yeah, I think I you know what you're talking to, about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so I've, they have some unlined straps, which the difference between a lined strap and an unlined strap, I'll just show you for reference here. This strap is lined. I use a uh, French calfskin liner. It's sort of rubberized. There's, there's, uh, there's a hypoallergenic sealer on here. Uh, that they, that's, that's used at the tannery when they make the leather that keeps, uh, sweat from intruding, okay. uh, from, from penetrating the leather. And although it's, it just seems like it's one extra layer of, of leather here, there's a tremendous amount of, of additional work that goes into it to, to add that. So this publication, they have unlined straps with, without this, and, uh, they're selling them for, I think, $170 for, mm. for calf skin. Wow. So basically, and I gotta what tell happens you, is your your sweat starts breaking down the leather and it messes it. Yes. Up. Oh wow. Absolutely, that's, and then that's that's not necessarily a problem. Uh, I mean, it is a problem for it to break down, but it, an unlined strap in and of itself is is not inherently bad. You know, you're not really sweating that much in the winter, right? Um, or think of like a NATO strap. That's fine, but when it's a hundred and seventy dollars, I think. Yeah, that's reaching into the territory of madness. So, what do you think, that strap you think would they take did me maybe purpose? thirty minutes to make? You think they did it on purpose just to save money and just to be cheap, or you think that's the look they're going for because maybe it's thinner than a line uh, strap? Well, I think maybe may a combination of both, but you can you can achieve a thinner strap that's also lined. I, I have. Uh, Sorry, I'm looking at my collection here. I have a pretty thin strap here. So this is, I've made this strap intentionally thin. This is on my uh, on my Cartier tank here. This is a pretty uh-huh. thin strap, right? Yeah, it looks pretty mm-hmm. thin. And I, it's made that thin because Cartier straps are, are thin. And just to be clear, I've made this strap. Um, but the big nice. reason I've made it so thin is that this little uh, tab here, which which catches the leather is, is pretty shallow. I think we're looking at about two millimeters there. Or, or, or under two millimeters. So you can, you can make a thin strap that's unlined. So I wouldn't necessarily take that as, as an answer from them. Mm, uh, so it's, it's more of a cost cutting measure. And I've, I've thought about selling unlined straps at a lower price point, a much lower price point. I can sell an unlined strap for 30 bucks. Uh, wow. And, and still profit. Yeah. It's, and it's, it's never, I, I just want to be clear here. Whenever you see, oh, I have this calfskin strap from my watch publication, it's $170, but I can get a shell cordovan strap for $190. The cost of materials, aside from alligator, alligator is a special special breed of of material that gets very expensive very quickly. Outside of that, there's there's not a lot of whole, there's not a great deal of, of cost in the material itself. Um, 
everything from start to finish here, whether I'm including the buckle, you know, the leather, the little pieces of, of thread for each strap, right? The quick release spring bars, all in, I'm at about $15 for raw materials. It's the amount of time that goes into the strap and finishing the strap that then begins to drive up the price. So I take That's a look at their unlined straps that they're charging $170 for. And I say, that could that would take me about 30 minutes to make. Mm. $170 is kind of ridiculous. Right, so in your right. opinion, that strap in reality should be worth no more than 50 bucks. Yeah, I think at 50 bucks, they're making a pretty good margin. But the prestige, because they're uh, <laughs> who they are, Look, I just want to make sense. I'll tell you what. There's, yo, uh, yo, do, do we want to mention this publication? You know what I'm saying? No, because we may have them on the podcast in the future, so I don't want to burn bridges. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I'm just saying, if y'all wanted to keep it a buck, you know what I'm saying? Keep that same energy, you know. <laughs> I think we all no, know I, who I we're talking about. It's yeah. uh, the same company that just released a job uh, application yesterday or a job oh. uh, description oh, about the... The, the watchmaker. If you're, if you're a watchmaker, you'll make twenty five thousand a year. Like, oh my god, that's that's, that's bad. Uh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not a big fan of that. But I, I, I will mm. say, if you're if you're looking for a high quality strap at a lower price, and even lower than than my prices, if you if you want to do that, there are other makers out there who have higher quality straps. I think I make the best strap. At, at my price range. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no doubt. 100%. No doubt. But 100%. Well, before if, we move if forward, if, sure. Oh, go ahead. I was going to do a wrist check because we forgot, but go finish your sentence. Oh, yeah. And then we'll... <laughs> Just, yeah, complete my thought real quick. Uh, if you want to spend less, there are others, uh, other companies out there um, who are making some really phenomenal straps uh, for, for their price ranges. So, don't don't shy away from bespoke leather goods just because you inherently think they're expensive. I've seen some lower priced options that are very nice, but do try to avoid those publications because I don't think you're going to get a good value. I think when you can interact with the person who is making the strap, I think that makes for for a good quality strap. So have yeah. you thought about uh, making straps on the lower end, or yeah, I. I have, I have. So I, I mentioned I've thought about unlined straps. I thought about NATO straps, but there's, again, we're we're own, we are our own worst critics, um, and so I'm not terribly satisfied with with the quality that I'm able to achieve. But I'm not giving up. I've there are other options, and right. maybe one day those will come to fruition. Yeah, so is making be, a is if make if making an is a NATO strap. Uh, a little bit harder or a little bit easier to make than the ones you make now? It's, it's a lot easier to make. Um, again, since it's unlined, um, at, at least in the platform that I was thinking about at first, if I were to do a NATO strap, it would have to be lined. Uh, at which point it would be a bit more difficult. And then I'm not sure how many people are willing to spend that much money on a, on a leather NATO at that. Mm -hmm. um, so there are, there's sort of like this this uh, this analysis of, of what makes sense in the market, and I, I don't want to gouge people on pricing. I want a price that's fair for for the amount of work that I've put into it, but I also want the quality of the product to justify the price, and I I want the product to last. So there's there's a lot. 
No, that completely makes sense. So before we move forward, what are you guys wearing? Andrew, as your as our guest, we want to... I, I, I could kind of peek it, but I don't know what you're wearing. So I'm just curious to see what... Sure. So I'm, I'm going with the watch today that not a ton of people know about. I have the Seiko S-A-R-Y 113. I think that's the reference here. On a King Leathercraft strap. That's nice. so cool. I love oh, that strap is flat. You know, I liked it. You know what yeah, I like about your straps? They, they have this certain aesthetic to them that whenever I see one, because yesterday when Omar uh, Timeless Sneakers and Watches, shout out to him, when he posted his video of the straps he did from, I immediately recognized your design. And I'm like, dang, you, you mm. created something that's so recognizable now that is that something you came up with or, or how, how'd you? So, that's that's a fantastic question, and I've actually talked to other uh, le- leather artisans about this. Whenever you make a leather product, I think you sort of inherently create something that is yours. We'll all have different tools. We'll all have different methods of, of crafting our goods. If you're following a tutorial step-by-step and you have the same exact tools, I think in the end you still won't end up with the same exact product because... I don't know. There's just something about it. It's like, it's like a signature, right? Nobody has no two people have the same exact signature, even if they're using the same pen. So, right. It's like I think cookies, it's just right? something. I think if everybody has like a yeah. different uh, way that, that the food comes out, right. Depending on how you, who prepares. Absolutely. It, right? So. Absolutely. So it's, it's a, it's a style that I'm proud of because it, you know, it's attached to my name, of course, but if you, if you look at other leather goods, even straps, I, I like that within the bespoke watch strap market, I think everybody sort of has their own their own look. And so making that uniquely yours is is what I think helps you set yourself apart from others. Yeah. So yeah, thank you. I'm glad you noticed that. And it's little things too that that your eye is drawn to that you may not even notice. Is, is it the, what is is it the stitching or what what is it because to me it's the stitching it's kind of what i see in your stitching and then the way that you finish the the edges and then the buckle because i know you use the same buckle pretty much all the time yeah so th- there there is one other um person that i'm aware of and i'm sure there are many others who who use this style of buckle um but it i, I think it's sort of everything culminating together it's it's the it's the way I finish the edges. It's the spacing of the stitching from the edge. It's the spacing of the decorative line from the edge. It's the ridge of the edge as it folds, sort of. If you if you look at it, you know, kind of head on, you'll see the ridges sort of fold up a little bit. Um, I think all of that combined is is, is what does it. Nice. I spend it also. Um, I spent a lot of time making sure each stitch uh, lines up uh, perpendicular to one another so that... Oh, dang. It does. Yeah. And so you you sort of have this, um, you know, edge to edge. They sort of line up as they go down. And that's that's very deliberate. How do you do the stitching by hand? Or you have a machine? No. Yeah. So all my stitching is done by hand. I have... uh, so I have this little tool here, which which allows me to to punch holes. It's going to be hard to see, but I could see um, yeah. So you sort of line up uh, after measuring. You line and you take a mallet and just drive it through. Wow. 
some folks do each stitch by hand with just a single, um, just like a single blade here. That takes a lot of time, and also it's it's a it's a lot more inconsistent. So, upgrading to these to these uh, to these tools with with multiple teeth here get you a more uniform uh, more uniform look. So basically, mm. you make the you make the hole with that, but then once you make the hole, you pass your needle and your and your and the whatever uh, string you're you're gonna use and just kind of go all the way through. That's right. Yeah. So dang. Um, yeah. that's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, it is a but lot of work. Yeah, it's finished so well, though. I don't even know where you finish the the string or how you start the string. And and what I'm talking about is, I've tried to sew one of my buttons on my shirts, and I suck at it. But uh, it's like when you start uh, sewing something, you need to kind of make a a knot, right? So it doesn't go anywhere. Right. And then when you finish it off, you need to make another knot so it doesn't go anywhere. But I'm looking at your stuff, and I don't. I can't tell where it starts or where it finishes. I have no idea how you mm. do it. Magic. So with, with my signature straps here, it's a single line of thread that follows okay. from the left side. If you if you have it on wrist, then you have... Uh, right, so I'm looking yeah. at so it. it. Right, I think it may be mirrored in the camera, but it'd be from the left side that kind of works all the way back around. And, and uh, it's like I a double stitching. Because each one of these, no, just the first one has a double. No, the two first ones have like a double, and then the rest is just like a single string. Yes. So uh, and another thing is that on my short straps here, you'll see my keepers are actually stitched into the strap here. Right. One of so them. So the, right? the, the fixed the keeper. One. Yes. Fixed keeper is stitched in. And then you'll see that I do this uh, shoulder stitch here. Oh, there we are. The shoulder stitch to, to sort of clamp the edge together mm. these are also if you look at the back you may not realize it but that's actual that's actually a single piece of thread as well even though they're they're separated here so, so what you... i do is i yeah so i do the shoulder stitch and then i kind of pass it through the inside of the leather and then i come out the other side do the shoulder stitch and then i run it completely through and it seems like a lot of work and it is but it makes for a more durable strap so how do you, I guess, what I'm, my, my mind is, is kind of like, I can't figure out how do you, so you, you end the stitch and you're like, all right, this is where it's going to end. Do you cut it? Do you burn it? How do you, how do you, how do you make sure it doesn't go anywhere? So for my straps, I cut them and then I use a, uh, a water-based adhesive similar to uh, Elmer's glue, but much more, much stronger than Elmer's glue and much more expensive than Elmer's glue. Uh, and then I just sort of push that little little tiny end of leather into the strap itself. And with that glue, it locks it in. Damn, man. I, it, I mean, it's one thing to look at these straps, but once you're walking us through the process and I'm actually looking at one, it's just incredible. Like, I, yeah. How do you even make the hole for the quick release? Because it's done so perfectly. Like the little, mm -hmm. the little hole like right here. How do you, what tool do you use for that? So this, uh, it's a Bergeon. And oh, uh, I wish there stuff. were anybody else in the world that made this tool because, man, this thing is expensive. Oh, I bet. But uh, I, I think you get what you pay for, and it, I think the results speak for themselves. Another little tiny detail of why it looks clean is I actually paint the inside rim of the quick release hole. Oh, crap. 
it's very subtle, but it, it helps bind that, that paint sort of uh, helps lock those fibers into the wall of the leather. Wow. Just gives it a cleaner you, look. I'm, I'm assuming just making an assumption there's, there's different levels of hardware out there, right? So because your, your spring yes. bars and your, in your buckle and everything, I mean, you feel like quality stuff, you know what I mean? And I know you could have cheapened out and used something cheap, which wouldn't make sense, but uh, I'm, I'm assuming there's levels to it, right? Absolutely. So, um, I can't remember the exact price right now, but my buckles cost me about two fifty each, two dollars fifty cents, which may not sound like much, but <laughs> for a lot of watch straps, especially those at at the lower price ranges, we're talking pennies, pennies on the dollar for a buckle. Yeah, uh, and so I spend a bit more because I, it's it's a it's solid, it's a solid stainless steel three one six L. If I'm not mistaken, I think they're milled as well. Um, yeah, Dan, that's crazy, man. Well, I appreciate your your transparency, and I'm sure everybody appreciates your transparency talking about prices and stuff like that. Because at the end of the day, yeah, I mean, I look at this and I'm like, I don't think the investment in the raw materials very much is the craftsmanship because not anybody can just go. I, I like you said, you know, um, give me a leather product, give me the tools that you use, and give me the product, the, the raw material, and I guarantee my strap will look horrendous, even if I try just because. A, I don't know if I have the talent for it, and B, I'm not passionate about it. To be honest with you, you know, it looks cool, but I wouldn't want to put myself through doing this. What about you, P. Ross? No, no, I right? Wanna, I mean, it I, takes a certain I, type yeah, of guy to do this kind of stuff. A, a certain type of love to create, yeah, a masterpiece. But like man, this. I, I, and and I've seen. I know we keep talking about. Uh, well, let, let's and, do and, it's, and, and it smells good. It smells great. Oh, it does. Man. It's always a benefit. Yeah. Man, even when you take it off, you get yeah. <laughs> Ooh, I don't get boy. the whiff there, I but yeah, these things smell good, man. We probably look yeah. ridiculous on camera sniffing it, our, it, our straps. It, it don't. It don't matter. <laughs> that is that is premium vegetable tanned leather. Yeah, vegetable vegetables. Ve- vegetable tan. Yeah. So they yeah. they use uh, there's there's different processes. Sometimes it's like a combination of of like tree bark and and um, right. other things, but um. Going through the tanning process, that's what actually develops that smell because oh. cowhide in and of itself, well, it would just be flesh, right? And so it's right. those, yeah, it's that tanning process that, well, that gives it that smell and it's it's wonderful. I do want to ask about different uh, leathers, but before we do, let's finish the race check and then I'll, I'll yeah. ask you about what I was going to ask. P. I Ross. am wearing my beloved Devil Diver on a king leather strap. Wow, I've heard the craft straps strap. are good, P. Ross. I've, I've heard this. <laughs> yeah, King, King Leather Craft makes some great freaking straps. You know what I'm saying? Check him out on Instagram. You go to his uh website, his website, all that, and they smell great. Looks amazing, man. I I love that yeah. that um that double diver. I mean, it's it's such a unique dial with that green, and then you just killed it, man. Like you you just matched it so good. Yeah. It looks great, man. Yes, sir. Right on. I'm I'm glad you like it. Yeah, uh, I do I like that Boulevard too. That dial is nuts. So today I'm wearing, or was wearing, I took it off, but the Timex Waterbury. Mm. And this is the very first strap that I got from Andrew, and I still love it. It's actually second strap. I'm sorry. My first strap was from my Gerard Perigo, Um, And I love oh. it, but the, the unfortunate part was that uh, 
it is very specific to that watch. So I cannot interchange it with other watches. So it, it really kills me. So I reached out to Andrew and I'm like, I need to get something at least 20 millimeters because I want to be able to enjoy your strap on different watches. And that's what I did. And I, I, I do wear this on different watches, but again, I, this is a, a different kind of Brown. So it goes with some watches. It doesn't go with others, but next I think I'm going to be looking at a rally strap because I I've seen your rally straps and I'm like, dang, that looks good. I mean, and, and, and now with the process that you walk me through, right. Of like painting the little edges of like this, I could only imagine for a rally strap, you probably paint the little holes. Don't you? Yeah, I do. So I, yeah. I do three layers of edge paint. Uh, so on my standard straps, I'm only painting the inside uh, holes here twice. And they go through a very light polishing because nobody's ever going to care about that. Right. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, for the rally holes, I, I take my time and it's, it's like I said, my straps take four to five hours. So it's, it's things like that, like the rally holes that add to that time frame. So let me let me ask you something when it comes to the how comfortable these things are, right? Because since they are bespoke, and I want people to to understand this, when you're buying a um, a strap from a manufacturer, or whatever, they give you the length, right? And it is what it is. But for you, I know, and I don't, I might be completely wrong, but you asked me what what's your wrist size, and I told you what my mm-hmm. wrist size was. I'm assuming you're asking for those measurements so that way you could allocate where the holes are maybe going to sit on your wrist and that way it's like super comfortable. Am I, am I right? Am I yeah, wrong? Yeah, so that, no, that's absolutely right. So it, it determines both the strap length. If you have, um, if you have a longer wrist, of course, or, or a larger wrist, of course, you'll require a longer strap. But also, yes, determining where those holes lay. Um, it also sort of, when I'm measuring, I, I like to consider the spacing, which, I mean, it's critical, right? The spacing of, of where the straps will lie between the watch. But that's difficult and, though, because it, it's like, if it's a custom, it's so like the drawer pair go, right? You're like, well, what's, what's this and what's that? That kind of makes sense. But if it's like a 20 millimeter strap that I'm just going to use on a bunch of different watches, I mean, it's kind of impossible, sure. right? Absolutely. But you can still get within a range. So hmm. um, my, if I take out my tool here, um, well, I, it's somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have it right here. Um, we're, we're at about, uh, we're at about two inches there. So my, my, uh, sizing holes are, are spaced a bit closer apart than, than most straps because of course our, our wrists swell and, and, and shrink with the temperature. So I like a closer spacing, uh, but I can also use more holes within that spacing, that same amount of space. And so you try to consider the spacing of the watch itself, lug to lug. And then from that, you would measure from the end of the buckle to the tip of the long strap. And you're right. There are, there are of course, different lug sizes, but with a, with a two inch span, you can, you can get pretty close to center of where you want it with, with flexibility to use it on other, other watches. Uh, the biggest thing is just making sure it, the strap length is, 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 is uh, will, will fit your wrist. Now, I, I know P. Ross kind of brought this up and it's on your website, but I really, really want people to understand what the word bespoke really means, right? So let's walk through the process. And you can use me as an example if you honor somebody else, but let's walk through the process. Somebody contacts you and said, hey, Mr. King, I am interested in a leather strap for you. 
what is the process? How do you go through the process? So from start to finish when I get my product in hand. Sure. So um, bespoke to me means everything is, is customized precisely to your standards. Right. Uh, whether it, not just your wrist size, right, but also uh, the exact look that you want. Everything from the leather, uh, the thread, the, the stitching style, whether you want like a, a vintage style shoulder stitch or if you want it fully stitched like this, right? Uh, the edge paint color, everything down to every last detail is is up to you. If you have the imagination to 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 think of it, I I can build it for you. Now I do That's offer crazy. a lot of a lot of options on my website to give people some some sort of concept of of, of what what they can achieve with their with their product. But everything is is ultimately up to you. If you want. If you want a 24 millimeter strap tapering down to 16 millimeters, you can do that. This, you know, crazy, crazy steep taper. If that's the look that you like, or maybe you want no taper at all. These are, these are things that you can't, you can't buy on, you know, a, a strap out the store or, or on Amazon or any, mm -hmm. anywhere else other than from a bespoke strap maker get to get exactly what you want to fit your exact watch. Yeah. Um, I have leather options on my website that you can choose from, but you know, some customers opt uh, for some other materials and, you know, we can order those and, and do that as well. Of course there will be, you know, an adjustment to price. Right. right but of course now question, I, I know on the inside of your watch straps, you have the King leather craft logo. Uh, is that just specific to your, to your name? I'm, I'm, I'm sure. But if somebody comes to you and says, Hey, I wanted to say, Susie, I don't know, or my wife's name, my boyfriend's name, my well, whatever. Is that possible or is it not possible because you have to custom order like the stamp for them or? So I'm actually working on that very thing now. Oh, okay. I don't have it ready for, for prime time just yet, but you, I, I have this strap here. Hopefully it'll show up on camera. I have this strap that I'm making for our friend, David. It says Schwartz Force, and uh, you see the logo there, mm. or, or rather the uh, uh, look at that. Oh, okay. The, the font. I know it's. I think it's mirrored there, but no, it looks good. You you can tell. Yeah. I like the 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 Schwartz Force. Almost looks like the font from like Star Wars. What the heck? That's exactly you right. Do that on purpose, right? Now I, not... I can't use. I, to be clear here, I'm I'm making this as a gift for our friend David. I I can't sell using the you know somebody else's copyrighted how, material you do so that? that's you a gift write it yourself or how what, what tool are you using to so i actually have a laser cutter and laser engraving machine that i've invested uh, it in so i'm still working working out the the kinks but you know uh, eventually I, that will be an option and i'll just say this for someone who's not a star wars fan you sure do know their fonts miguel anyway <laughs> next yeah yeah. Okay. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just. I'm just saying. Hey, they're famous. I should know something, right? <laughs> they're very recognizable. Yeah. Man, that's crazy. I don't know. You could do that. That's that's interesting that I brought up that point. Uh, so uh, P. Ross next collaboration is gonna Ross wristwatch love. <laughs> right. Right. For sure. That's so cool, man. Um, so basically, from start to finish, that's what you do, right? So you collaborate. What's What's the best way of of um, 
and communicating with your client? Is it uh, via DM on Instagram or text message or email or what, what do you prefer, Andrew? Hmm. So I, I think I probably, probably prefer email. I, I know it's old school, but um, email or Instagram is fine. Okay. Um, that's pretty cool. And my email is andrew at kingleathercraft.com if you have yeah. any questions. Always yeah. happy to chat. Even if you have no intent to spend any money and you just want to talk watches, I I am a watch nerd. So I'm happy to talk watches with people. Oh, show me not, show me your new watch. It's cool. Yeah, he's not oh, lying. Man. So well, I, I got a few questions about watches, but before what I wanted to ask is ostrich, stingray, shark. I mean, I see all these kind of exotic materials and i know we live in california so it's it there's like all these kind of laws right now in place where you can't even get them or do anything with them but would you ever imagine yourself working with another kind of leather yeah so technically you can there was a there's a federal lawsuit so you're referring to uh for those not familiar there's california right now is trying to ban the import export and and or import and sale of, of exotic materials such as such as alligator leather. Right now, that law is kind of on hold because of a federal lawsuit. Um, whether they win or not, we'll see. But uh, I I am moving to Texas, so that'll open up sort of the the availability of, of of my products. So technically, I can sell alligator right now, sort of. Um, but I. I, I really don't want to find myself in any sort of hot water. I don't have a big legal team to defend it, even though I technically can sell it. Um, so it for right now, to get, I, you said expensive to get. Uh, yeah. So alligator. alligator, I mean, you can find some pretty cheap alligator. You can find alligator hides on eBay for 50 bucks, but they go upwards into the thousands of dollars. No. Now at $50, you're going to get a pretty low quality hide. Um, and then the thousands of dollars, there's different grades of, of, um, of alligator leather from grades one through, I think there's actually grade six, but we'll say one through five, right? Um, and so grade one is a flawless hide. There's, there's, no, um, there's no bug bites or cuts or anything to the hide. And typically you're looking at a farm-raised alligator uh, at that level because they, they can you know, under a very controlled environment, make sure they're not being attacked by other, by other critters. Um, and then as you sort of work your way down the scale to say like a level five or a grade five, it's, it's, it's pretty beat up. And so if you want a higher quality hide, you're going to have to spend at least 250 bucks on for, for something good for, for a full hide. Um, wow. And even then 250 is really pushing it. You have to sort of know people to get that price. So mm-hmm. I typically find for, for my hides, I'm around the $400 range and you can't make a whole ton of straps out of the belly. You can fit maybe four good straps from, from a single alligator belly at that price. Of course you can get some pretty massive alligators, but um, again, it's, it's all down to size and quality. Mm. So for, for the quality of the, of the alligator that I use, it's, it's, it's up there. And so I think that deters a lot of people because you can get, you know, an alligator strap from, from other companies, but I, I would implore you to make sure there, you know, maybe even ask what grade of alligator are you using? Can you verify that grade? Do they have a, a CITES tag? 
what if you want the mm. alligator look but not the price because you could do a, a calf skin right absolutely so if you want the alligator look there there are um sort of these embossed leathers with with right. an alligator look and they've gotten very very good they weren't so good many years ago but today they they're incredible they they even have sort of like a randomized pattern that that presses throughout this entire hide so mm. if you want the look you can absolutely do it so if somebody wanted the look but not pay four hundred dollars would the strap still be 120 bucks uh maybe 130 but yeah because i still have to order right that's and especially for those those specialized uh requests i don't know if i'm ever going to get another order for that material and so i'm going to order a small amount and of course a smaller amount is more expensive than if you're buying in bulk right um but yeah but Sounds yeah it's good. it's much cheaper than say you know 250 300 for for an alligator strap so if alligator is that expensive and you're kind of walking us through this process i would imagine ostrich or singray or something like that i mean i would imagine that's more expensive oh it's yeah. funny you mention it it's funny you mention actually it's 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 not so much more expensive. I can I can buy a stink or rather uh, I can buy an ostrich leg hide for about the same price as I can a square foot of uh, calfskin, no which is way. wild to me. Yeah, ostrich is crazy. now these are high quality Ross. hides here too. Let me see if I can find one for you. Do you remember these are great? Coast? These are great hides. You remember that cosine uh, P Ross? It came with that uh, ostrich yeah strap. Uh-huh. Oh, that's awesome. So this is what a this is ostrich. So you'll see, you know, yeah, there's a little hole over here, but the rest of the hide is is pretty much flawless. There's a little scratch there, so I can't mm. use that bit. But yeah, you can get a few straps out of this too. About um, how many straps can you get out of that, you think? It depends on how they want it. If they want just the um you see there's sort of like a small scale on the side uh -huh. here, and then you have like these larger, larger scales down the center. If they want the small scales, I can get two, uh, one high quality strap out of it. Otherwise I'm kind of pushing it. And so I may only get, you know, I, I may spend 20 bucks and only get one strap if they want the, if they want the small scales. Otherwise I can mm. sort of do this diagonal cut, which I think looks really cool. I have a photo of a, of a Brown uh, diagonal cut strap. Um, I don't have it here at my alligator, um, but they, I, you know, sort of a diagonal cut and then you can just sort of line them up like that and just, Making sure you avoid any sort of flaws in the hide. It's cool, man. Ostrich is nice. That that's gonna be in my in my wish list at one point because I. So we had a watch come in uh, coast. The coast watch, the Pacific Explorer, I think is. is the yeah, model. he used ostrich, didn't he? He he had a, a strap yeah. in there that was real ostrich, and I've never in my life even handled ostrich uh, leather, and it was so comfortable. It looked so different i was like what the hell mm -hmm. is this but the guy's not gonna sell it with the watch he's like it was just a prototype mm. it's way too expensive to you know to produce and sell and i was like oh i get it so that's why i always had it in my head that like oh i guess i'll never own a ostrich strap that's probably like super expensive you know so mm. well well an ostrich strap like that would have to be processed and and made by hand i i can't see because there's there's too many inconsistencies in the hide to do it with a machine so maybe that's what he meant in that it would yeah. it would be expensive because it has to be made by hand. What about I still can't believe people make straps out of stingray. What the hell? Like how? Yeah, so um 
Oh, this guy just has all the dog <laughs> skins right there. Just, <laughs> and and how, much more how much more expensive is Stingray? Yeah, that's what I want to know. So it's it's funny. With Stingray, you're not spending as much on the... It's a little bent up here, but there's a Stingray hide just to give you a sense of size. What's so you can, you can make several straps from a Stingray hide. And the great thing about Stingray is, is how consistent it is. What does um, it feel so like, you have these, Andrew? Wow, it feels like uh, it feels like really heavy leather. It's very malleable, very flexible, uh, and it's incredibly comfortable. But it feels—I mean, you see, it just droops on my hand like this. Yeah, and but, it has a little scales, right? You were going to show us as a little. Yeah, yeah. So this mm, this right. is a right. This is what you would call a, a polished. It, it's been polished and buffed to sort of flatten the top surface of the of the these. Uh, they're they're calcium nodules. Is what they are basically solid bone and, and so we'll kind of discuss price there um but yeah you'll see these these nodules here they've been polished down and it's it's an incredible it's a very beautiful look but the problem with stingray is not so much the cost of the, the hide itself so that i think it ran me 80 or 100 dollars, and i can get you know multiple straps mm -hmm. out of it the problem with stingray is how difficult it is to work with mm, as i said each little tiny <laughs> Gosh, man, it's it's when it's talking about vibranium. Watches, yeah, yeah, it might as well be vibranium. They so the those little nodules, each one is a tiny little bone, uh, and so you you have to consider how am I going to cut through this bone? Well, how am I going to finish bone? the edge? It's, it's it must be hard as hell. It's very yeah, it's very hard. It's very hard. It's I don't think it's technically bone. It's a it's a calcium well, nodule. It's calcium, but, so it's you know, really hard. Yeah, yeah. Sort of, sort of more, maybe more tooth-like than bone-like, but mm. you know. um, but yeah, they're they're very very difficult to work with. Uh, I've broken tools trying to cut through them. So oh wow, um, but I have a process now that I've I feel fairly confident working with it. It's still not something I offer in my store until I'm a hundred percent there. Yeah. If somebody were to ask for it, we may be able to figure something out, but it's not something I put out there that I that I work with because it's right. man it, it sucks it takes me if, if I want to make a nice stingray strap and I have a couple here so this is a strap I've made for myself for my ooh for my Seamaster nice, yeah. I, uh, I have a Omega Seamaster great white um, with a white wave dial here here just to give you an idea so yeah mm. So what I have here is an inlay with uh, red Italian Butero, and the inlay has been stitched in uh, between the two layers of leather here. That's cool. And then this one has been fully stitched with a what I'm calling a a chain link stitch with a alternating white and red thread. It's mm. going to be hard to see here, but yeah. So nice. you can make it as intricate as you want, or you can make it as simple as you want to, you know. Maybe just the shoulder stitch. That's all you want. Um, but Stingray in particular is very difficult to work with. And that's what really drives up the price on it. Mm. More so than the hide itself. Man. Okay. Why do so, you have uh, okay. Oh, you were uh, going to ask something? I had a question yeah. about his Rolex Mariner because we're moving on. because <laughs> We're almost at the hour. And we, man, I didn't know we were going to talk so much about leather because it's so interesting. But Piroff. I hope everybody's still awake. No, oh, it's oh, interesting yeah, no, that, to me. It's, you go ahead, McGee. 
No, I was I was gonna say, well, before we we move on to the question about your Rolex, uh, what's what's a big takeaway, Andrew? Uh, obviously, don't pay the big prices because of a pu- publication, and just kind of do your research. And if you're uncertain, ask questions right before spending two hundred dollars on a strap that's clearly not worth two hundred dollars. Any other takeaways? Yeah, I mean, honestly, if you if you want a high quality strap, a great place to start would be Etsy. There's plenty of sellers on there that that are just putting their love into this. Um, and so try, yeah, try to avoid those publications. I don't think you're going to get a good value. Um, mm. Bonus points if you if you reach out to that person and they respond back and they're happy to answer questions. Um, you know, try to try to consider the materials they're using. See if they're transparent about how they're finishing their product or how they make their product. I, I always trust transparency. And so I try to be as transparent as I possibly can. Yeah. Um, and so I value that in other brands. And, and if other people are willing to, to be that transparent, then that's awesome. Yeah. But yeah. Cool. So no, I got for sure. Mm, yeah. Great advice. Great advice. So right. P Ross, uh, so our, our man, Andrew here had been dreaming about a Rolex and Mariner for a very long time. So I've heard. It was his grail. He finally got the call from the AD and he made mm-hmm. it happen. Right. But then what happened, Andrew? Walk us through the process. You got your, <laughs> your grail, you got your Rolex to Mariner, the 41 millimeter, right? The new one? Yes. The 126610LN, the black dial with date, the Submariner date. Okay. And what, what happened? <laughs> Man, it's, uh, it, it just, it just didn't sing. Uh, it felt, <laughs> cold it felt uh i i think part of it has to do with the height um I, I think i was expecting more than i got and look i've i've wanted a submariner since i was a kid i i was raised in augusta georgia home of the masters golf tournament and there's billboards all over the place right. just like, rolex 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 uh sort of like your 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 intro p ross rolex, at the rolex right. album, rolex yeah. rolex rolex, yeah. rolex. <laughs> I, I got a yes, new suit I got a new tutor intro coming too soon, so be on the lookout. Oh, brilliant! Tutor, tutor, tutor. Everywhere you look, tutor. <laughs> I look forward to it. Yeah, yeah. So, but I mean, those billboards are everywhere in Augusta, and you know, coming up, my my mother raised me and my two brothers all by herself, and uh, we shout out to mom. Shout out to mom for sure. Man, I, I I still don't know how she did it. Even you know, with with one one kid of my own now, it's such a tremendous amount of work times oh, three yeah. and all by yourself. I, I can't imagine. Um, but you know, we didn't really have it like that. There there were times when my brothers and I would share a box of macaroni to ourselves, and and my mom there just wasn't enough for my mom, and she she would just yeah. watch. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, she got into she saved up enough money. She got a real estate license. Uh, you know, she's sort of built up her, her brand and, and eventually got into investing her own real estate. And so that's awesome. in the end, it, it really worked out for her. She's a first generation Italian immigrant. Uh, I'm Italian American. And so she, she, she had to overcome a lot. She, she moved here, didn't speak English. Um, and even, even just what, maybe 10 years ago, just got her citizenship. So oh, wow. uh, yeah, shout out to shout mom. Shout out to your mom. Shout out for to the show. Mom. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, anyway, so coming up, you know, I, I see these Rolex ads and it's just, it's, it's the symbol of success. It's what it, we've always wanted, you know? Right. And, uh, man, all these years later, I'm in a position to do it. And, uh, you know, I got the money saved and 
I get the call, you know, it's unbelievable to me that they even called me back, but they did. And, uh, it's just, it's, it's not what I, what I thought. And maybe it was mm. just like my childhood interpretation of, of what Rolex should be. And in the end, it's, it's just a watch, man. And that's, that's sort of where it lies for me now is it's just a watch. And I have some really great watches in my collection. And I, I don't know. It just, it just didn't add up that, I don't know. It, it just maybe just felt a little too self-indulgent. And so I, I sold it. Um, I did buy a Cartier for myself for my, for my 30th birthday to celebrate that achievement. Uh, but, you know, I'm just going to save the rest of the money and I'm taking my family to Italy in, in September. And so that's awesome. Right on. Yeah. I think I'm, yeah. So I'm, I'm going to save that money and, I don't. I don't need a Submariner. I don't really need any watch. Do we really need anything? No, but, we don't. And and that's right. a that's a debate I've been having with P. Ross. So I, I've been saving a little bit of money right for that Grail piece. But it's like I don't really know what that Grail piece is because the only Grail piece I have is a Submariner. But I would never spend more than. And I know this is gonna sound stupid because I'm in the watch community. I know how much these things go for, but no more than six thousand dollars and i'm not talking new i i want like a pre-owned one but it's impossible to find i'm never going to be able to find a rolex of mariner for no more than you know six thousand dollars i know it's crazy right unless it's like broken or something but to be honest with you even five thousand dollars for a watch for me it's a lot of money right just because you hit the nail on the head it's just like i'm not rich and to think that i'm going to save this long however long it's going to take years or whatever to spend it on one item like that much money and the only person that's going to get enjoyment out of it is me i can't even share it with my family because that's why a car is different right so you spend thousands of dollars on a car but a car makes you money because it takes you to work it brings you back home it brings you joy because you take your family to the park to eat or whatever so Mm. it's it's a means of transportation i get it but a watchman is is we don't need these things, right? It's it's just a, a flex, if you will. And Absolutely. then I look around, right? And I'm like, all right, I, I got my Seiko SPB143. Yeah, is it the, the best watch out there? Does it have the best movement? No, but does it make me happy? Yes. So what is it really all about? Is it about my happiness? Or is it about me flexing? Because I cannot flex on somebody that's wearing a Paul Newman because they're just going <laughs> to yeah. laugh at me. And how can you flex... Uh, that oh I have a Rolex a Mariner when half of your other friends and everybody in the community has maybe four or five they're like oh, okay great you got one right and now the what? other interesting thing I think is is that if you out in the wild no one knows what's on your wrist nobody like, cares no one generally nobody cares. cares unless and, and they the are, only the only people that- unless they are a watch guy but how many of those do you actually run into like if you in the mall right. Or- Right, you know what I mean, like right, and no, and then it sends the wrong thief. impression too. Imagine right. you're with or a thief, hell yeah. Imagine yeah, you're with, <laughs> imagine you're with family or with people, and you're trying to be humble and be be yourself and be us, right? But then they notice you have a Rolex because everybody knows what Rolex is, and everybody knows they're expensive. And we all have Google. They could just say, "Oh, what's what's the model of that? Oh, it's called a Submariner." They could quickly go online. And imagine how they're going to perceive you. They're going to perceive you, A, as an idiot for spending that much money on a luxury item because they're going to immediately look at your life and be like, wait, what kind of car do you drive? 
What kind of house mm-hmm. do you have? Where's your house located? Yeah. And you mean to tell me you spend thousands of dollars on that stupid thing on your wrist? You're an idiot and you have a family. Why aren't you investing that money for your college tuition for your, your son and your daughter or mm-hmm. whatever? You know what I mean? So it really, it, it puts you in a position of guilt, right? And it's like, there's so many watches out there as enthusiasts that we can get that bring you joy, bring you respect and put a smile on your face. Don't think that a price tag is going to do that for you or the prestige of it being Rolex. And again, I'm not hating on Rolex or AP because I can't afford it, right? Because a lot of people would maybe say that like, oh, you're a hater or we're being haters because we can't afford that. But Andrew just bought his Rolex and got rid of it because he just didn't see it. So there's a prime example of somebody that actually got the call from the AD, had the watch. He didn't connect with it. He sold it, got a Cartier instead. And with all the extra money he has left over, he's taking his family to uh, a nice vacation to Italy. I mean, I prefer that's, that's kind of where I'm at in, with my watch collecting journey in general is I'm, I think I'm good, man. So to be clear, I'm, I'm not rich at all. Um, I actually really was, I used to be super into video games. And so I've amassed this, this collection of video games. Many of them are at this point, very rare. Um, you know, even had multiple copies of really rare titles. And so wow. I've sort of migrated from one, one hobby to another. Got it. Uh, in that sense. But yeah, I, I'm not rich by any means. I just, I had hobbies, you know, throughout the years and now I'm just moving to another one. But at this point, I, I'm pretty happy with what I've got, man. I, I, I look at some pretty incredible pieces and I think, yeah, that'd be cool to own, but at like, when is enough enough? And I, I think, I, I think I have enough. I think I'm pretty happy with where I'm at. I agree. So how many what? watches is in the collection right now? So I have, sort of six primary watches, right? It's so funny. I have six watches right now. And then I have uh, not another six watches that I'm actually about to sell because I, I, I just don't wear them. Do you mind sharing um, what they so, are? Maybe you'll uh, get some some interest from okay. uh, some viewers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I have, um, I'll share a couple here. So among my favorites, of course, I have my tank for my 30th birthday. Right, beautiful. Nice. Um, I also have a Tudor Black Bay 58. Mm. Classic. Um, nice. This yeah. is, again, one of these re- one of the reasons I sold this. Like I, I just have a lot of overlap. I have the Black Bay 58. I actually prefer the bezel on the Black Bay 58 over the Submariner. Ooh. It, just, it, it just feels like an old safe. And the, the, pip, the red pip stops right at 12 o'clock. Like there's some additional resistance there that it's just like this engineering just it just it feels so perfected and the rolex is is fun but there's this this feels more mechanical whereas the rolex feels more sterile i don't know i wouldn't say yeah more sterile more robotic i don't know um but this just this feels right when it when you think about the feeling of a bezel it just feels right to me right um and then of course i have my my seamaster here Seamaster uh, mm. 300. Again, a lot of overlap. Why do I need a Submariner? This is a better watch. I mean, it's not even close. It's, I, th- I think it, it's a more unique design than the Submariner. Yeah. Um, I keep hearing the I same thing the, that uh, the the Seamaster just kicks the uh, Submariner's ass, but people just don't want to admit it. They just think, no, 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 Rolex is better. But it's like, nah. 
yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that, that go into it, but I, if, if you're talking about a three hand movement with a date, I, I don't think there's many companies that can compete with the technology of Omega aside yeah. from perhaps Grand Seiko. Well, Tudor's trying to get there, right? With the metas and the obviously costs yeah. and all that stuff. But I mean, come on. I think Omega's got him beat there, to be honest, dude. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, and they're, they're in very even price points too. I, I think that Metas, yeah. this, the Metas ceramic at $4,500 for a ceramic watch too. Let's, let's not discount yeah. the other materials. Oh, no, for sure. And, you know, you can get a, a Seamaster on a, on a good discount at maybe four grand, 4,200. So I think they're, yeah, they're, they're going to be a pretty fun matchup. And, you know, I, I, that's another thing. I see these companies like Tudor and Omega sort of blowing past Rolex and their capabilities. It's like, man, you shouldn't, you can just get so much more. Yeah. If you, even if you, you aren't happy yet with your watch collecting journey and there's still more there for you, there, there are better options out there. I think. You know what Absolutely. it is about, about Rolex and it's a bold statement we're about to say, but I just feel the more that I think about owning a Rolex again, I'm saving up for that grail, but what that grail is going to be, I have no idea. And I've actually looked into a watch that I really wanted for a long time, which is a vintage Datejust, um, you know, black dial, Beautiful. fluted bezel, Beautiful. Jubilee bracelet. But I'm like, man, they're expensive. And do I really want to, I don't know. It just being part of that Rolex club makes me feel weird. Right. Cause it's I, like, I, I will say, I don't know. I will say, if you're looking at vintage Rolex, I, I mean, I'm not an investment guy, but I, I, I look at the current Rolex market, and I, I can't see this being very, very sustainable, especially among the vintage market. The only reason the vintage market has gotten so expensive is because the new product market is is, it's hard to get unattainable. <laughs> yeah, right. And you look at you look at some of the sort of the economic issues in China and especially the economic issues back home here in the United States. I, I think we're sort of reaching into sort of a, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a doomsday guy, but I, I, I think if there, I think we're destined for a larger economic pullback. And I think of course, any, anything within that commodities and assets are, are going to be included with that as well. So Let's I probably right. wouldn't buy vintage. Yeah, man. Yeah. Look, listen. I I would love to. I would love to get a five-digit Submariner for a price that isn't more than one new from an AD. Like that's crazy to me. That doesn't make yeah. any sense. Yeah. And so sure. if I if for I can sure. get a five-digit Sub south of, of five grand, then I would do it too. Yeah, you'll be but able until to, that uh, day. I'm done. Yeah, back in the right. day, uh, and, and and this is in the 2000s. I forgot who I was talking to. They were able to pick up like a vintage sub from like the 80s, and this is in the like early 2000s for like 3,500 bucks, probably less. Yeah, that makes sense because that watch was kind of I don't want to say garbage, but it just didn't feel sturdy. I mean, it's a vintage kind of watch, and mm-hmm. water resistance Jingly may bracelet. not be there, you know, yet, yet, you know, so. Yeah, to pay more for a vintage watch than what the new ones are worth make absolutely no sense. It really makes no sense, but whatever. But uh, anyway, well, that's something we wanted to talk about. We went uh, over the hour already. So um, yeah. you guys want to share anything, anything else aside from watches? Uh, I got nothing. Any movies you guys saw? 
What Space Jam I, oh, just Space came out. Jam. I watched the new Space Jam movie. What'd you think? Uh, you know what? Um, I'm not a big LeBron guy. Um, but it was okay. I Wait, wasn't was he in good. Ohio? He played for Ohio for a long time, right? For the Cleveland Cavaliers, yeah. 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 And what? Yeah. Why are you not a fan? Because I just don't think LeBron can finish a game like Jordan and Kobe did. Oh Fair. man, those are some big shoes to fill. Yeah, you know, he he, I'm, he I'm thinks just, he's I'm there. He thinks I'm, he's I'm just saying, like not. when it's crunch time, Jordan down, they down by five. Jordan finishes, LeBron won't. That's all I'm saying. So that's that's a fair criticism. What movie was better though, the first Space Jam? So I think the one? first one. I think the first one for me. Yeah, definitely. The okay. newer one got a lot of the the, the technological stuff in it, but it's kind of like uh. The first three Star Wars movies, episode four, five, and six, versus one, two, and three. Like, oh, four, five, yeah. and six is always going to be greater. So, you know. Got it. Andrew, anything? True. Man, just uh, spend time with your family. Love the people around you. Um, that's, that's what matters. This watch yeah. collecting journey is fun. And, you know, fancy straps and stuff. That's fun. But um, remember what's important. That's all I got. A hundred percent, man. Yes, sir. Yeah, these material things, not just watches, but any material things mean absolutely nothing. You know, uh, family and relationships and your health. You know, your health is super important. Uh, Take care of what matters. So, Andrew, I I like what you're what you're saying there and where you're going. And I know we're talking about straps that are over a hundred bucks. Do we need them? No. Are they nice? And do they make you feel happy? Yes. But you know, at the end of the day, just take care of your family, take care of your health, but you got to reward yourself too. You work hard. You, oh, you yeah. got to, you got to reward yourself with whatever makes you happy, you know? And if that's Absolutely. straps, watches, a car, whatever, as long as you're not affecting other people or going bankrupt or <laughs> something like that, mm-hmm. then by all means, you know? So, but Andrew, where can people find you then? You can find me at kingleathercraft.com. You can also mm-hmm. find me on Etsy, uh, King Leathercraft USA. Oh, cool. I would prefer, I would recommend you order through my website instead of Etsy. Like I'm, I'm going to go where the, where the customers are. But if you spend, if you, if you buy from my website, you're going to spend less. They're priced the same, but Etsy, Etsy, Etsy adds tax and stuff like oh, that, uh, which yeah. I sort of eat through the cost typically. Mm. So that makes sense. Okay, um, cool. But I will also, I will point out, I'm, I'm moving to Texas, as I mentioned earlier. And so my lead time typically is one to two weeks, but during this move, I've got it set out to about six to eight weeks. So it's a bit longer. Um, just got to, got to wait for my stuff to, to arrive and get set up. Right. Yeah. You, you know why he's moving to Texas P Ross? Uh, probably because the, the cost of living is not as high no, as in California. That is incorrect. He is moving to Texas to work for a timepiece gentleman. He got offered his job. <laughs> he doesn't want to tell us. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That, that, did, that's, uh, that should be that should be the title of this this uh oh, podcast. Man. Uh, <laughs> Andrew King of King Leathercraft moves to Texas to work for TPTPG Time yep. Peace Gentlemen. Yeah, he loves Anthony. He told me, you know. <laughs> <Just> oh <kidding>. man, <laughs> just kidding. Oh, wow. What are your thoughts? Before, no, what I guess before we go, what are your sure. your your thoughts on that drama or whatever the hell they're doing? Like you could you can call it you can call it a PR stunt. You can call it like a fraud attempt, whatever you want. At the end of the day, I'm, I'm not sure any logical 
business person would have made that decision. And I, I can't trust someone who makes a business decision that irrational, even it was, even if it was, uh, whatever it might be, maybe it was for charity, but you, you still left people in the dark and I, I can't trust someone with my money. On that. Do you think they're done? I, I think it's going to be incredibly difficult for them to come back from this, but I've seen, I've seen people come back from some crazy stuff, right? Yeah. When, uh, Robert Downey Jr. You, like, is a prime example, right? I mean, the guy, yeah. look at him now, but that's different. He wasn't playing with people. Well, I guess he was playing with people's money, the studio, but it was different. He's an actor, but yeah. No, I just, I just, in my opinion, this guy's heart is, is just in the wrong place. And I, and, and I think people see through that. And I, I think he's, personally, I think he's done. He might be able to make a living out of this, but I don't think he's going to be able to make a luxury living and mm. more so on the social media uh, space. He's not, I don't yeah. think he's going to blow up anymore, but that's just my opinion. Yeah. And I, I, I hope I, I hope I'm wrong. You know, I, I hope he's a decent man who just made a mistake, but yeah. man, that's, that's one it hell of a mistake. Like it. it don't look like it. Yeah, I don't look like it. Yeah. But anyway, P. Ross. I like to think the best of people, but yeah. right. Oh, you're so kind. But now, but no, he's moving to Texas to uh, be closer to David Schwartz. Uh, so. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> wow, that's a great reason to move to Texas. No, I, I would, I would think honestly, cost of living because California is just stupid expensive. It just doesn't make sense to live here, you know. Yeah, so. a couple things: cost of living. Um, my family's back east, so just to be a little bit closer. Um, we have a. My, my, my employer has a facility in Austin, so that's cool. get a little bit closer to the family and, you know, kill a, kill a few birds with one stone, right? So, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool, man. All right. P. Ross, where can people find you, man? Um, before I tell that, I need to uh, tell people that if you have not got yourself a King Leathercraft strap, oh, what the hell are you doing with your you life? You are missing out. You don't. Yeah. So definitely check out King Leathercraft. My man, Andrew, doing it big. All right. Um, and you can find me, Ross Rich Watch Love, everywhere, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. There you go. SoCal Watch Reviews for me on YouTube, Instagram. Uh, we're, oh, man, I'm this close to hitting 3,000 on YouTube. Mm. And then this close, like 10 people away from hitting 4,000 on Instagram. So let, let's do it. People help us out. You know, we're trying to do this yeah. right reasons we're trying to reach a mass crowd to educate them like i hope you got a lot of uh, education out of this out of this episode we certainly did i learned a lot of things and i'm sure we could have gone another hour or two talking about leather and different leathers and you know uh what's ethical what's not ethical right and at the end of the day we're talking about animals and their skin and i know there's uh you know people out there that are against that shout out to peter I'll send them the link. See what they think. <laughs> they will shut you down. Just make sure that you use right, fake leather sure. moving forward. Pleather. Okay. I'm just kidding. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, yeah. Thank you, Andrew, so much for coming on. It was an absolute honor. It's been a pleasure getting to know you throughout the, the, the few months that we've been talking to you. Continue doing what you're doing. Stay humble. Don't change because that's what makes you you and you know, keep making some great products, man. Well, you guys are so sweet and so kind. Um, it's been an honor and a privilege to, to be able to speak with you and sorry, to just to be laughing. friends with you all outside of this. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. Yeah, this <laughs> I is, see sorry, you over there, no. I, I'm trying to take you serious here. And this guy's over here sniffing the strap on this. 
<laughs> but no, likewise, man. It's it's been a pleasure, and hopefully we, we just continue to be in touch. And um, you know, for everybody listening and everybody watching, I want everybody to know that we are the same people in front of the camera as we are behind the camera. And unfortunately, that cannot be said for everybody on social media. But that's the best way to be. Just be transparent. That's right. Be yourself. That's right. That's right. Keep right, Andrew. Right, Keep it right, a book. Keep that's it absolutely book. right. Keep it but, a book. Uh, all right, guys. Well, thank you so much for joining, and thank you for so much for listening and watching. And Andrew P. Ross, thank you so much. Stay humble, guys. <laughs> <laughs>